Section number 85 of The Golden Gems of Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Golden Gems of Life by Emery Adams Allen and S.C. Ferguson. Section 85. Duty. I slept and dreamed that life was beauty. I woke and found that life was duty. Duty rounds out the whole of life, from our entrance into it until our exit from it. There is the duty to superiors, to inferiors, to equals, to God, and to man. Wherever there is power to use or to direct, there is a duty devolving upon us. Duty is a thing that is due and must be paid by every man who would avoid present discredit and eventual moral insolvency. It is an obligation, a debt, which can only be discharged by voluntary effort and resolute action in the affairs of life. The abiding sense of duty is the very crown of character. It is the upholding law of man in its highest altitudes. Without it, the individual totters and falls before the first puff of adversity or temptation, whereas, inspired by it, the weakest become strong and full of courage. Duty, says Mrs. Jamison, is the cement which binds the whole moral edifice together, without which all power, goodness, intellect, truth, happiness, love itself, can have no permanence, but all the fabric of existence crumble away from under us, and leave us at last sitting in the midst of a ruin, astonished at our own dissolution. Take man from the lowest depths of poverty or from the downy beds of wealth, and you will find that to act well his part in life he must recognize and live up to the rule of duty. As the ship is safely guided across the ocean by a helm, so on the ocean of existence duty is the helm, without which life is lost. It is the lesson of history no less than the experience of the present age, that an attention to duty is, all of its details, is the only sure road to real greatness, whether individual or national. Duty is based upon a sense of justice, justice inspired by love, which is the most perfect form of goodness. Duty is not a sentiment, but a principle pervading the life and it exhibits itself in conduct and in action. Duty is above all consequences, and often, at a crisis of difficulty, commands us to throw them overboard. It commands us to look neither to the right nor to the left, but straight forward. Every signal act of duty is an act of faith. It is performed in the assurance that God will take care of the consequences, and will so order the course of the world that, 
whatever the immediate results may be his word shall not return to him empty the voice of conscience speaks in duty done and without its regulating and controlling influence the brightest and greatest intellect may be merely as a light that leads astray conscience sets a man upon his feet while his will holds him upright conscience is the moral governor of the heart and only through its dominating influence can a noble and upright character be fully developed that we ought to do an action of itself a sufficient and ultimate answer to the question why we should do it the conscience may speak never so loudly but without energetic will it may speak in vain the will is free to choose between the right course and the wrong one but the choice is nothing unless followed by immediate and decisive action if the sense of duty be strong and the course of action clear the courageous will upheld by the conscience enables a man to proceed on his course bravely and to accomplish his purposes in the face of all opposition and difficulty and should failure be the issue there will remain at least the satisfaction that it has been in the cause of duty there is a sublimity in the conscious rectitude a pleasure in the approval of one's own mind in comparison with which the treasures of earth are not worth mentioning the peace and happiness arising from this are above all change and beyond all decay disappointment and trials do but improve them they go with us into all places and attend us through every changing scene of life they sustain and delight at home and abroad by day and by night in solitude and in society in sickness and in health in time and eternity all this is sure to be the reward of him who knows his duty and does it regardless as to what others say or as to the immediate results flowing from thence we all have good and bad in us the good would do what it ought to do the bad does what it can the good dwells in the kingdom of duty the bad sits on the throne of might duty is a loyal subject might is a royal tyrant duty is the evangel of god that proclaims the acceptable year of the lord might is the scourge of the world that riots in carnage groans and blood duty gains its victories by peace might conquers only by war duty is a moralist resting on principle might is a wordling seeking for pleasure these are the inward principles contending with each other in every human soul to live truly and nobly is to act energetically life is a battle to be fought valiantly inspired by high and honorable resolves a man must stand to his post and die there if necessary like the hero of his old determination should be to dare nobly to will strongly and never to falter in the path of duty it has been truly said 
that man's real greatness consists not in seeking his own pleasure or fame but that every man shall do his duty what most stands in the way of the performance of duty is irresolution weakness of purpose and indecision on the one side are conscience and the knowledge of good and evil on the other are indolence selfishness and love of pleasure the weak and ill-disciplined will may remain suspended for a time between these influences but at length the balance inclines one way or another as the voice of conscience is heeded or passed by if its warning voice is unheeded the lower influence of selfishness will prevail thus character is degraded and manhood abdicates the throne as ruler and sinks to the level of slave to the senses be not diverted from your duty by any idle reflections the silly world may make upon you their censures have no power over you and consequently should not be any part of your concern no man's spirits were ever hurt by doing his duty on the contrary one good action done one temptation resisted and overcome one sacrifice of desire or interest purely for conscience's sake will prove a cordial for weak souls most salutary for the real good conducing no less to their present happiness and welfare than to their eternal and unending good End of section eighty five recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC